Welcome to Investor's Insights. Our topic today is, here we go. Folks, it's fourth quarter, 2020. In less than 90 days, we will have had an election. We will have watched a lot of changes take place in this country. And we will be going into 2021. So a lot to take place here in the month of October. I am joined today by my distinguished colleagues, Adam Van Zant. Ashley Page, Trey Booth, and Bobby Norman. And I feel like we've had a great meeting that we want to share with you. To start off with, we've spent a lot of time on our vlogs using technical indicators to let you kind of look at the range of the market. It's important in relation to how we've looked at the S&P 500, not only in terms of the economy and earnings and market performance, but we've also talked in previous vlogs about it as an indicator uh, regarding the presidential election. So with that said, Adam, I'm going to call on you first just to bring everybody up today. You've done a great job in these vlogs telling them what's the trading range of the market that we're looking at. Like you said, over the last four weeks or the last month, we've really talked about S&P 500 levels uh, from a technical analysis standpoint. And we've really seen it fall in between the 3200, 3400 mark. And as you, as you know, and we've been talking about it, the 3300 mark has kind of been our new threshold. Uh, Trey and I talked about this last week with the election and the debates coming up. Um, obviously, we're staying around that range. So our next resistant level is at 3390, and our next support level is at 3240. These are going to be two very important marks to watch as seasonality and volatility picks up, as it normally does in an election year in mid-October. So this will give us an indicator leading up to the election. You know, are we having more of a bullish tone or more of a bearish tone? And this will be important to watch over the next couple of weeks. It is. The conversations with clients and, and people talking to us, you know, from the standpoint of what's going to cause this market to go higher, what's going to bring this market down. With that, with that said, though, another big topic right now we're hearing about is debt. Uh, the debt of the country, the debt that corporations have, possible debt that individuals have, the consumer. So, Trey, you did a, a phenomenal job elaborating on that uh, this morning. You want to talk more about that as we look at this market bounce around in this trading range? Yeah, definitely. I mean, debt definitely has a, uh, a large impact on, on companies and individuals. It's an ass it can be used as an asset, but it's definitely often used as a liability. Currently, as a nation, if you include consumer, government and corporate, we're, we're sitting on around $64 trillion, with a T, dollars in debt. Now, that, that is, of course, a record high. Uh, and, and then can I pull back the curtain, look under the hood, I guess, if, if, for a car reference, uh, and see what caused that, that large spike? And a part of that has been a large increase in high yield and investment-grade debt from companies. Now, that makes sense. We've all, we all are aware of what's happened this year and how companies have had to really kind of lock down and, and shore up their balance sheets. There's, there hasn't been a lot of demand in certain parts of the economy. So investment grade and high yield debt issuance, so far for, through the first three quarters, have issued $2 trillion in new debt. That is 40% above the previous record set in 2017. A lot of new debt going out there. Now, is that a negative going forward? Will that hinder companies? Oftentimes, new issuance of debt is a hindrance for future growth because companies have to spend money to pay down debt instead of investing in individuals and in, 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 in CapEx. Uh, but at these extremely low levels, that may not be a bad thing. We, we've had a lot of meetings this year, virtual meetings with clients who we've worked with to refinance their mortgages. 
that, that's new debt issuance, but the carrying cost, the monthly payment went way down. And so some of these companies may be reducing their debt payments by issuing new debt. Also, corporate cash has spiked. And that's because companies are issuing debt in expectation of potentially thing, worse things to come. So if companies do not have to spend down their cash, they could use it to pay off debt. They could use it to pay special dividends to, uh, to investors. They could buy back stocks. So there's a lot of ways, if we see the economy continue to grow, that companies can use this large amount of debt that they've taken on to increase growth if they don't have to use it as a rainy day fund. Now, there's still chance of rainy days. Like you mentioned, we, it's a lot to happen in the next 90 days. So it's good that companies are holding extra cash. It's good that individuals would recommend to hold a little extra cash right now because who knows how the year is going to end. But if things go better than expected, this cash could be a springboard for companies to, to expand and use CapEx to, to merge or to pay dividends or, or like I said, buy back stock. So it could, be a, it could be a good thing if used well. Obviously, right now, it looks definitely possibly detrimental. So, so in response to can the market go higher, can the market go lower, the, the answer becomes the market's looking for direction. And if we start to do the checklist as we move forward through this fourth quarter, people will start to get a good indication as to uh, the strength of this economy. And Bobby, Trey used a word there, kind of the balance sheet, looking you know, at everything. Uh, you gave some great data uh, just trying to look at the balance sheet here as we're in fourth quarter. You want to talk about that? Yeah, so as we head into the fourth quarter, we want to see where we stand in what we call our market balance sheet. And we know that historically, October is one of the more volatile months, not necessarily down, but volatile. Uh, but no guarantees here. But the fourth quarter in general is actually historically the best in terms of performance. So going back to 1928, uh, the fourth quarter has averaged up 2.6%, which is better than the other quarters. But in reviewing our market balance sheet, we look at it like a corporate balance sheet in terms of assets and liabilities. And so right now, as it stands heading into the fourth quarter, assets for the market right now are monetary policy. Again, the Fed has cut rates and pledged to, for an easy policy until really 2023. So again, continue to, continues to be a big help for the markets and portfolios. Fiscal policy, uh, government has done a great job with the PPP loans, income replacement. Uh, and if we get another stimulus here in the next couple of weeks or the fourth quarter, that could be a big boost temporarily for the markets. Uh, then also commodity prices. Look, energy prices are down 30%. That's helping consumers at the pump. And then also liquidity is another asset that we're looking at here. Central banks around the world are pumping liquidity into their country's finances and definitely helping the money supply growth, which again has been a big boost to the markets. Uh, so those are the assets. Liabilities are profit, corporate profit growth, and then economic growth are expected to be muted uh, for over the next couple of quarters. But here's the thing, any surprises to the upside will boost the market uh, because expectations are so low. Very much so. Um, no, and, you're correct. And then trade tariffs, look, no, no surprise here, the trade deal has suffered during the pandemic as, as China's relationship with the world uh, has taken a hit. So. Uh, watching the trade deals very carefully here. And then fiscal health, like Trey said, uh, with the federal budget deficit, is set to spike uh, with the massive fiscal policy. But uh, definitely some great things in the market here in terms of assets on the balance sheet and some things that we're looking at carefully here to see if they can turn up. Yeah, well, I, I think that's great for people to understand how that impacts their portfolio. And at the same time, you know, one of the big indicators is just unemployment. You know, you keep hearing, hey, they're laying off, this company's laying off, and you say to yourselves, well, you know, based on the information that we just heard here, you know, it sounds pretty good here as to the way things are lining up. But the unemployment, you know, 
what's the impact there? How is that impacting not only possibly me, but my neighbor, my colleagues at work? Ashley, you gave some great insight about unemployment, uh, which we follow closely. We're making great progress, and I think everyone needs to know that. We've cut the unemployment rate in the country since the beginning of the summer, right after the pandemic really picked up, by half. I mean, the unemployment rate in terms of absolute numbers, Greg, got to a high of about 22.4 million. It's down to about 11 million now. So we're making great progress on that. And then in addition to that, uh, the National uh, Federation of Independent Businesses, NFIB, which our own Greg Powell is a national director of, I might say, they had a great survey over the weekend, Greg, that you've seen it. Uh, 36%, more than a third of their membership cannot fill a job they have open. And as we well know, those are excellent companies. In addition to that, this is not NFIB data, Greg, but 50% of construction firms cannot find everybody they need. And then finally, in warehouse and logistics, they need a lot too. And in addition to that, we're starting to get pretty soon into a holiday season. That's going to get even worse. So not only have we made tremendous uh, uh, unemployment progress uh, since the beginning of all of this, there are a lot of jobs that are open in good professional places. And what I love about those points you just made, Ashley, is that business models are changing too. You know, every business is having to reinvent themselves on how they're delivering to the consumer. New jobs are opening up. People you know, may have lost a job in one area, but possibly getting retrained for a whole new industry that's that we're looking at as we go forward uh, here after uh, 2020. So there's uh, a lot of excitement that way as well as to how things are going to to pan out. But with the 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 capital that's on the side, with the way companies are reinventing themselves, restructuring, looking for direction, the way the consumer is is looking to buy things as well as construction the, with low interest rates and on mortgages and people purchasing new homes or doing renovations. There's a lot of positives taking place. So our title, here we go, fourth quarter, we're heading into it. We will be keeping you updated in our social media on our additional vlogs like this. Continue to watch our vlogs, watch some of the past few weeks to tie everything together with this one. We're going to continue to bring you facts and figures and data that can impact your portfolio and why you need to focus on that more so than some of the the noise that's out there. And we are looking forward to bringing this information to you and checking off the boxes as we get closer to the end of 2020. Thanks. 